It is absolutely okay to want to get to the top of the mountain, whatever mountain you're climbing. The key is that even more than you want to get to the top, you want to enjoy the process, you want to have control over the climb, you want to be climbing with good people. So it's not that caring about accomplishing an external goal is bad. It's that caring about accomplishing an external goal more than you care about the journey and the process, that's bad. Welcome to the Growth Equation Podcast. I'm Steve Magnus, joined as always by my good friend Brad Stolberg. Brad, what's going on, my man? Not so much, Steve. Great to be speaking with you today. We've got a great episode in store. We're going to be discussing a large study that pertains to our work and the sorts of things that our audience is very much into. Before we dive in, uh, just a quick reminder that if you haven't yet checked out our two most recent books, Do Hard Things, all about real toughness and resilience, and the practice of groundedness, all about the foundational principles that underlie sustainable excellence. Check those books out. If you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the books. They are available anywhere books are sold. And if you prefer to listen to your books, you can get them on Audible, Libro. If you roll with a CD player, they're even on CD. So check them out. Do Hard Things, The Practice of Groundedness. If you like this podcast, you'll love those books. And if you're, you know, in the 2020s instead of the 2000s and don't want to get on CD, you know what else you can do? You can join communities now. And Brad and I have a community on Patreon that is all about discussing books. We have a monthly book club. You have quarterly mastermind groups. If our books sound great and you haven't gotten them yet, well, guess what? If you want the future ones... Sign up for Patreon and you get our future books whenever they come out on sale. So if that sounds good, head on over to Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash the growth equation. And you can join our our little group and club and, and dive in deep. All right. So as I mentioned, today we are talking about a study that was recently published. It was out of the Australian Catholic University, and it is a meta-analysis of over 105 studies with a total population of over 70,000 people. So real quick, scientific literature 101, for those that don't know, a meta-analysis is a study of studies. So you look across all the research on a given topic and you try to pull those studies to come to a conclusion. In theory, a meta-analysis with good methods, which this one had, ought to lend a lot of credibility to the conclusion that you're trying to draw. So instead of just one study, this includes 105 studies. And what these researchers were exploring was the difference between being driven by external goals, in particular, fame, money, or beauty, versus being driven by internal goals, in particular, general well-being, life satisfaction, a feeling of autonomy, mastery, health. In our language, are you focused on the outcome or the process? And what they found is that striving for and valuing external validation 
at the expense of internal validation or internal rewards was associated with what they called ill well-being. So not feeling very good. Whereas if your locus was on internal rewards, that was associated with positive well-being. So there's all kinds of nuance in this study, but the kind of banner takeaway is that if you have more of an internal focus, if you're focused more on the process than outcomes, you tend to report better well-being. Love it. And you know why I love this is because we harp on this on the growth equation. Actually, all of our books tackle some form of this. And the other interesting thing is this also validates and um, and supports work that crosses from not only well-being, but also to sport. I remember in past episodes and in past books, we've highlighted the work that shows that for youth athletes, those who have more of those intrinsic goals are more likely to stay in the sport and then also more likely to reach the highest level of the sport compared to those who have more extrinsic goals. So this 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 differentiator on motivation and goals shows up not only in terms of our health and well-being, but also sport performance and also there's some wonderful work that shows also in the in the workplace um, that and extrinsic goals tend to drag us um, to higher levels of burnout and all of that good stuff. So, if you're a growth equation fan, this is this is like the uh, this is the study for you. It is. It really does validate scientifically um, all of our work, or at least the the major tenets of all of our work. So. A couple things before we dive into the weeds, because there is some nuance. The first is that the study reported an effect size of anywhere between 0.2 and 0.3, which for a meta-analysis is considered moderate to strong. Now, perfect correlation is one. And you might be thinking, well, 0.2 or 0.3, that's a lot less than one. But what researchers who study methods have found is that once you get above 0.4 in a study like this, there's likely a methodological flaw. It's just too strong of a correlation because when you look at these big, broad questions, there are so many different variables that you have to control for. Any kind of correlation above 0.4 seems almost too strong to be true. So the effect size in meta-analysis studies in psychology was, was actually quite high. A couple other interesting things. It did not matter how old participants were. It did not matter what gender participants were nor did it matter where participants came from, so geography. And to me, somewhat surprisingly, socioeconomic status didn't influence the results. And we'll get into the socioeconomic status question because I think it's an interesting one in, in, in a little while. Um, the, the punchline and the conclusion was no matter who or where one is, focusing on extrinsic life goals is linked both to decreased flourishing and increased floundering. Now, they said focusing on extrinsic life goals. And here's where things get interesting. So we're going to go into the weeds for a minute. If you have an external goal, that is better than having no goal, the researchers found. So there's nothing wrong with having external goals. As a matter of fact, in a lot of the studies, having an external or extrinsic goal was associated with positive well-being. Now, you might ask, 
you a minute ago said that it wasn't. Well, here's the deal. When you look at something that is called goal centrality, which is fancy scientific theory speak for what's the main predominant motivation. If your goal centrality is more external than internal, that's when you get into problem. That's when you have ill well-being. So it is absolutely okay to want to get to the top of the mountain, whatever mountain you're climbing. The key is that even more than you want to get to the top, you want to enjoy the process. You want to have control over the climb. You want to be climbing with good people. And that's ultimately what they found. So it's not that caring about accomplishing an external goal is bad. It's that caring about accomplishing an external goal more than you care about the journey and the process, that's bad. And I think that it's nuanced and really, really important because something that we've said forever at the growth equation is that it is okay to want to go out and win trophies and win on scoreboards, right? And whether they're actual trophies or metaphorical trophies, y'all get the point. So long as it's 49% of your motivation or less, we've always said 51%'s got to come from within. And that's basically what this study found. Now, the more central the internal rewards were and the internal goals, the more well people reported feeling. So ideally, the split's like 60-40, 70-30. But I think that this is so crucial because what it says is that no, you don't have to completely disconnect from striving. No, this isn't about saying, oh, I don't care if I win the race. I don't care if my study gets published. I don't care if my book sells. That's garbage. It's not saying any of that. It's saying it's totally fine to strive for those things and care about those things so long as that's not the sole reason or the predominant reason that you're doing those things. So to summarize, Brad is saying that we don't need to get to nirvana we just need to be good enough. And, and, and I think that's such an important point because often when we start speaking about this intrinsic versus extrinsic, you know, if you're a striver, if you're a competitor, if you're a former athlete or whoever, you often think, but, but winning matters like it, it really does. And that's fine to you. What we're trying to do is prevent you from going, getting dragged too far to the extrinsic. And in fact, Research shows that things like early success often shift our motivation from being in that 60-40 or 70-30 split more towards the extrinsic. You see these this uh, in, um, in our pursuits all the time, especially for uh, teens and college kids and all that stuff. They get interested in something because it's intrinsically motivating. They're interested in it. They're excited. They're pursuing it without thought of money, et cetera. They get a little success. Maybe they get some fame or notoriety or money with it. And all of a sudden, those intrinsic uh, motivators drop because that, that success kind of pulls us away. And what we're trying to do is remind you the same thing that thousands of years of ancient wisdom, whether we look at Stoics or Buddhist or whoever have you tell us, or even Christianity tells us is that, hey, be very careful of focusing so much on the shiny object because it can drag you so far to where now you're 70, 30 on the ride, wrong side with extrinsic dominating. And then that will push you to this ill well-being that, that Brad um, discussed. So this is one of these perfect places where ancient wisdom 
modern science and psychology match up brilliantly and they're all telling you the same message which is like be a little just be aware and be careful of the things that can drag you towards that extrinsic so another really interesting thing that the study found that also um, supports a lot of what Steve and I have been writing for the last decade is that expectations matter a whole lot. So what they found is that if someone's goal was attainable, they reported higher well-being regardless if it was external or internal. Now, internal still is much better, but the closer they call it goal attainment status or likelihood of attainment, the greater the likelihood that someone would attain their goal, the more well-being they reported. Well, this makes sense. If your goal is to run a marathon, but you've never run a day in your life, you're probably going to be pretty upset three weeks into chasing that goal when you realize like the expectation, you know, maybe it's a little bit too high, particularly if you want to run the marathon like in a month. Where if your goal is to get in shape for a 5K in a month or two, then it's attainable. So what they found is that the gap between the goal and the likelihood that you'll get there, your expectation, the larger that gap, the worse off people felt, even if they were internally driven. Now, being internally driven, I sound like a broken record, still better than external, but this was particularly true, or in science speak, it had the greatest effect when the goal was likely to be attained. So... Working backwards, what this means is you want to set goals that are outside of your comfort zone, but not so far outside that you don't have a chance. And then it's okay to want to win and achieve, attain those goals. But ideally, you have the process, the internal rewards of pursuing the goals be the thing that is, um, that's pulling the cart. You know, the way that I like to think of it is, as you all know, I love mountain analogies, It's not that you shouldn't want to get to the peak of the mountain. You should, but you ought to spend a lot of time asking yourself, what mountain do I want to climb? Why do I want to climb it? What am I going to do to be present along the way? And remember that the people that you climb with are really important. And then, hell yeah, go for the top of the mountain. But I think what this study shows is that a lot of people, they just see their neighbors going for a mountaintop or their friends or their family members or some commercial on TV says, oh, you should climb this mountain. So then they go climb the mountain without evaluating any of that. And they get fixated on getting to the top. And whether they attain the goal or not, the researchers found that those people report ill ill being. So Steve, anything to add there before I jump into the socioeconomic status um, situation? Because I, I found that kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. So one thing that I'd add or two things real quickly is um, actually from chapter three of Do Hard Things, uh, which is all about embracing reality. And in there, I say two things that are really important on goals, one of which you just talked about. Number one, set appropriate goals. Again, for common sense reasons, you just talked about. And another one, which I think is also valuable, is set authentic goals. And authentic goals are when you are the one choosing them for, again, these intrinsic reasons. Often what happens to our goals is they're imposed upon us, whether from a boss or a coach or someone else or a teacher tells you what your goal should be. Research shows that that backfires in terms of motivation. Why? Because if someone else is setting our goals or we feel like our goal doesn't connect to who we are and what we care about, it's going to push us down that extrinsic ramp. And um, 
bad things are going to happen. All right. So as I mentioned, there was no correlation between socioeconomic status and the effect of um, an intrinsic or extrinsic orientation. And this shocked me because I would have assumed that for individuals that have low socioeconomic status or that are living in poverty, having a strong extrinsic motivator to get money might actually be really beneficial for well-being because if you're super poor, then it's really hard to be well. It's almost like it's a luxury to be able to care about all of these intrinsic rewards. And the research did not show that to be the case. So I'm going to preface this by saying I've got an email out to the lead author on the study asking for more information and to make sure that I'm thinking about this right. We'll keep you posted as I hear back. But for now, my read of the the data and how they've explained it is this. This does not say that being worse off or having low socioeconomic status, if you just have internal goals, then you're going to be well. It doesn't say that at all. What it does say is if you take two people that are both in poverty, for example, and both of them are striving for something, perhaps it's a job, perhaps it's wealth, you name it. The person that has more of an intrinsic orientation that's focused on gaining wealth, not just for the sake of the money, but for the sake of having more autonomy in their life, more freedom in their life, the person that maybe involves other people and has community, that person, regardless of socioeconomic status, is going to be better off than the person who's just focused on the money. So whether you've got $10 million in your bank account and you want to get to $100 million, take two people, the one that's more intrinsically motivated, they're going to feel better off. If you've got $0 in your bank account and you want to get to 1000 once again, the person that's more intrinsically oriented is going to be better off. Something else that they suspect with individuals that have lower socioeconomic status is the gap to what commercialism and consumerism tells you that you ought to have, which isn't just enough money to pay rent and food. It's enough money to have a fancy car and fancy jewelry and and all these other things. Well, that gap is really, really high. So if you're focused on just accruing the things, you're not going to be happy. So that's how I read of it. Um, or that's how I read it, excuse me. I'll definitely be eager to hear what the authors say, but I do think it's a crucial point because this isn't at all saying that, hey, even if you're poor, if you just look inside and try to focus on internal things, you'll feel better. They didn't evaluate that. That may be true, but it may not be true. They simply said, if you take two people in the same situation, the person that's more intrinsically driven will feel better off. And that does actually make a lot of sense. But I think often people see something like this and they're like, well, wait, what do you mean? Like, it's so privileged and and lucky to tell someone to focus on the inside game. And what they found is actually that works across the board. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up that caveat. So maybe now that we've unpacked this study a little bit, unless you have something else to unpack, we could quickly run the listeners through, okay, we get it. Intrinsic matters more. What are the important things to... um, to worry about. So that sounds good. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I, I just geeked out. Normally that's your role, Steve. So I'm, uh, it's like Halloween's coming around the corner. I'm dressed up as Steve getting super into meta-analysis and different carve-outs and R's and correlation numbers. And Steve's the one talking about ancient wisdom and application. What's going on here? 
I know it's wild. We're Are you deadlifting yet, Steve? Um, no, never. I will never deadlift. Yeah, um, well, I'm never going to run a 401 mile. So I there, guess we haven't we haven't done the whole face off Nicolas Cage thing yet. There, there we go. All right, so I'm going to keep it very very simple for listeners. I think the best way to handle this and the most research backed is to just kind of go through uh, self determination theory which was developed, I believe, in the 80s, maybe even 70s by uh, Desi and Ryan, which essentially says, hey, if we want to develop this intrinsic motivation, what do we need? We need autonomy, which is that we have some sort of sense of control of how we spend our time, what we're pursuing, all of that good stuff. We need mastery, which is, or competency, which is we can make progress, we can grow and develop in that area. We can get better at our pursuit and then a sense of belonging. So we feel connected with others as we go through this thing or we have a community that that cares and supports us and allows us to kind of flourish. And there's some other components that come along with this. But if we can have those three big buckets, then we're going to almost fill that intrinsic drive And if we take away or we minimize or we sabotage those three things, maybe through excessive control to get rid of autonomy or, or, you know, segregation to keep us from feeling of belonging or roadblocks in the way that keep us from getting competency or mastery, then our intrinsic drive kind of plummets and extrinsic can tend to be what replaces it. Yep. And and another really important thing here is in addition to mastery, autonomy, and belonging, um, this research also keyed in on health. And I think that that's important because it feels separate enough from mastery, autonomy, and belonging, A. And B, I think a common trap that people fall into, particularly people that are already, let's say, middle income or above, is thinking, oh, I'll worry about my health once I achieve the goal, whether it's physical or mental health. So, oh, I'm only in my 40s. Like now is the time to push really hard. I'll 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 focus on going to my primary care doctor, getting my body comp better, whatever it might be after I achieve this goal, after I start the company. Or yeah, I run pretty anxious, but it's just for a period of time. Once I get the goal, then I'll calm down. And what this work shows is that that is, um, it's just an illusion or it's a lie that we tell ourselves and that it's so much better to select goals that allow you to focus on your health concurrently while you're pursuing them. Now, does this mean that if you are trying to be great or your own best at whatever you do, you can't have periods of time where you really go for it and perhaps physical or mental health gets disregarded a bit? No, you can't. I think the easiest example is like a, a marathon runner, right? Training to be world-class in the marathon and peaking for a race is arguably not the best thing for physical or mental health for that matter. But that's like a one-month peak. And I think the same thing's true if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a medical resident, um, if you're really any sort of business professional, it's okay to have periods where perhaps you 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 deprioritize that, but you can never completely forget about it. And those periods can't be too long because you actually don't get your health back. There's so much inertia. If you tell yourself, oh, between 35 and 50, I'm just focused on career and I'll worry about my health after. 
you build 15 years of inertia that's so much harder to undo when you're 50 than when you're 35. So it really kind of flies in the face of that mentality of just push, 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 and I'll be healthy after, I'll be happy after. Um, The study also quotes Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, who we often reference. He is the psychologist that developed flow. And he talks about escalating expectations, which says that basically if you expect A and you get A, then next you're going to expect B. You get B, then you're going to expect C. It's also referred to as the arrival fallacy. In Buddhism, it's the hungry ghost. I call it never enough syndrome. And we know that this is just part and parcel of the human condition. So it's another reason why focusing on the extrinsic often leads to ill-being is because the thing that you think is going to make you happy and allow you to focus on your health, it won't because you're just going to want the next thing. So you got to focus on things like happiness and health in the present. And as Steve said, the way to do it is, yeah, autonomy, mastery, meaning, competence, and belonging, those foundational principles. And I would add also not sacrificing health. Yep. No, I think that's spot on. I think when you combine those principles with health, you get, you know, the good stuff. You're setting yourself up for well-being. So the way I kind of look at it is, do you... It's not only on an individual level, but does your environment support those three things and health? And if it does, you're more likely to have, um, you know, that intrinsic drive and motivation. And if not, unfortunately, often modern workplaces or sporting environments uh, or even society in general doesn't support that autonomy, mastery, belonging or health side of things. So if it doesn't, you need to look at, okay, do I need to change my environment Or how can I make the best of the current environment I'm in to make sure that I'm uh, getting these three three things that fill my intrinsic motivation bucket? Yep. And the last thing that I'll say is um, in the spirit of making this really concrete and actionable, I think that each listener could lay out what are their non-negotiables regardless of what they're striving for. So for me, it's the ability to sleep eight hours a night. If I don't have an infant at the time, it is an hour to an hour and a half of physical activity every day. And it is not traveling all the time because I really enjoy being home with my partner and my son. So those are my non-negotiables. That's going to be my foundation. Then if I find work that gives me autonomy and mastery, I am fine being a workhorse. Steve knows I turn out book proposals like way too fast because I just throw myself into work and I don't do much else. I don't really have too many other hobbies. That's okay. The other thing is I do it with Steve. And this is something that I've seen in almost all my coaching clients that even if you've got those other things, the belonging, the community part is so important. So if you're going to go for big external goals, if you want to be an author that sells a million books, or you want to start a company, or you want to make partner at a law firm, pick the right people to do it with. Do not do it alone. And ultimately, I think in our work, Steve, my experience has been that that's what keeps us in the 60% intrinsic and 40% extrinsic is that we have each other to kind of joke with and to go through it with together and to grow together. Because if you're doing it alone it's really easy just to get focused on the medal or the trophy. Yeah, absolutely. You can lose your mind. 
That's why I think it, it it is important to have somebody else to or other people in your corner to kind of drag you back to reality. Because as I said, most of the modern world and modern society is de- almost designed to kind of drag us towards those extrinsic motivators and to push us there. So it's easy to get lost, people, even more on the Internet. So make sure you have people in your corner who can drag you back. You know, and to go back to the mountain analogy, it's like if you climb a mountain alone, well, of course, you're going to get uber focused on summiting because it's not as enjoyable when you're doing it alone. And you're more likely to go for the summit in shitty weather and not make it back down. Whereas if you're with other people, A, you're less fixated on the goal. And B, even if you did try to make a bad decision, the people around you would say, hey, come back down. So basically mountain climbing, the perfect metaphor for striving um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I was just really stoked to see this and, um, I don't say this too often, but I was proud of us, Steve. I feel like we've been beating this drum for the last decade and at times it can feel like swimming upstream. And, um, since we've been doing this work, this is by far the biggest, highest powered study that basically says the odds are really good that we're right. There've been all kinds of small studies And there have been all kinds of theories, but no one has looked at this big, large meta-analytic level to basically say, like, hey, internal growth, meaning how are we defining excellence? How are we defining success? All the stuff that we sit and talk about for way too long, they looked at it and they did it in a very scientifically sound way. And um, you could read the study and it kind of reads like a handbook for the growth equation. It's very true. Very true. It is, you know, it validates us, but maybe not too much so that we go off the off the reservation here. Right. And I do think that um, it's also a moment to express gratitude, not only to the authors of this study, but just to the people in the trenches doing the research, because in many ways, our job is a lot easier because we get to look across all of this primary research where people go into silos and um, use words like goal centrality theory, and and we get to try to make it applicable. And we couldn't do it without the foundational work of academics that are in the trenches. So it's not an either or, it's a both and, but um, really grateful when when studies like this come out, because it gives us confidence and and allows us to help you all apply this stuff in a way that's not pulled out of our ass, but really rooted in empiricism. Yep. Well, if... Listeners, you enjoyed this. If you want to support what we're trying to do, which is at the growth equation, which is apparently now scientifically validated, best way you can do it is check out our books where we've talked about this for a long time and then join our Patreon community and our mastermind and all that good stuff. So thank you for your support. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope that this adds a little bit of uh, validity to the message that Brad and I are bringing to you guys in everything that we do. Mm -hmm.